0: Yo, what's up everyone? I'm your host, DJ Hamilton. Welcome to another edition of the DJ Sports Show. I'm recording this on a beautiful September 2nd, Thursday. 70 like around 75 degree weather. Um, beautiful day. I'm here on campus at SUNY Newport here in my car recording this episode. We got a lot to talk to, man. Um, talk about I'm gonna talk about Rachel Nichols getting canceled by ESPN, Imani Bates committing to Memphis. I'm gonna talk about the NBA and his vaccine policy for this upcoming season. I'm also going to talk about what's it called? Um, ben Simmons running out of Philly, Lakers signing Rondo, the Patriots releasing Cam Newton, NBA players wanting to renovate Rucker Park, and I'm also going to talk about um, Shohei Otani. Man, he he's baseball man. He's been killing it, killing it, killing it, man. Um, yeah, there's a lot of talk about that. I want to get into. So, without further ado let's get into it ladies and gentlemen um all um coming uh, also ladies and gentlemen stay tuned i got some big news coming up um got some big news stay tuned man um i've been working on a website for my show and where i could post my blog sports blogs too i will have unlimited access to post whatever i want about whatever sport so stay tuned for that i won't be limited at all i'll be able to do that um whatever sport i want as i please so yeah but without further ado let's get into it. Put your headphones in, get relaxed, and let's do it! So ladies and gentlemen, I want to start off with soccer news. I'm Cristiano Ronaldo, the worldwide famous superstar, has... Um, returned back to Manchester United where it all started for him. He posted on an Instagram posts a few days back. Everyone who knows me knows about my never ending love for Manchester United. The years I spent in this club were absolutely amazing. And the path we made together is ringing in gold letters in the history of this great and amazing institution. I can't even start to explain my feelings right now as I see my return to Old Trafford announced worldwide. It's like a dream come true. After all the times that I went back to play against man, Manchester United, and even as an opponent, to have always felt so, such love and respect from the supporters and the stands. This is absolutely 100% the stuff that dreams are made of. My first domestic league, my first cup, my first call to the Portuguese national team, my first champions league, my first golden boot and my first Ballon d'Or. They were all born from the special connection between me and the Red Devils. History has been written in the past and history will be written once again. You have my word. I'm right. Ba- I'm right here. I'm right back where I belong. Let's make it happen once again. P.S. Sir Alex, this one is for you. The great Cristiano Ronaldo, ladies and gentlemen, is now back with Manchester United. And he just recently made some more news on um, breaking records. Um, last what's, what's it called the other day? He broke the record for most goals in men's soccer history. So his record-breaking goal, according to an article by senior writer for ESPN Football Club, Ronaldo's record-breaking goal, stoppage-time winner, reminded us of that no one does drama like the Portugal captain. Um, the great writer, um, Mark Ogden, he, he had this to say: If anyone is still wondering whether Manchester in United are getting a Cristiano Ronaldo whose best days are firmly behind, behind him, just ask the shell-shocked Republic of Ireland players who thought they had denied him a goal-scoring world record in Estadio Garve only to see the Portugal captain smash it and then add to it. In the space of seven wild minutes at the end of a 2-1 World Cup qualifying victory, nobody has done remarkable football drama quite like Ronaldo. But this historic night in Faro was up there with all the great moments of his incredible career, largely because for 89 minute, minutes he was having one of those nights when everything seemed to be going against him and his team. By the end of it, he had claimed the net international scoring record solely for himself. I have been locked on 109 goals alongside former Iron striker Ali Dai, since netting twice against France at Euro 2020. He st- um, Ronaldo stated, I'm extremely happy. I needed one goal and I scored two. I'm very happy for the two goals that gave us the victory and for breaking the record. This record is mine and it is unique. I'm extremely happy and it's another one for my career. It's about motivation and desire. I con- have to continue playing football. Also from this last contract I made, in which I was happy to return home. If we get up every day with the ambition to motivate and do better to make the fans and our children happy, that's essential. It's another record from the museum. Ronaldo, ladies and gentlemen, now has 111 goals for Portugal after scoring his 110th goal with a stunning header from an 89th minute Goncalo Guedes cross. And the 36 year old who completed his return to United from Juventus on Monday did it again with another header from close range in the 6th minute of stoppage time from Aweo Mario's Cross. That goal prompted Ronaldo to race away in celebration and ripping off his top in process. That led to him being yellow carded by referee, Matej Jug, a booking that means he's suspended for Tuesday's qualifier against Azerbaijan in and Baku, and therefore able to report earlier for duty at Old Trafford once again. But while this ended up being a memorable occasion for the right reasons for Ronaldo, it could so easily have come to a shuddering halt after just 10 minutes. So it was with Portugal, having been awarded a penalty following a Jeff Hendrick called foul on Bruno Fernandes. Ronaldo grabbed the ball for the spot kick, sensing an easy opportunity to break the, break the record. But at the same time, he lashed out at Ireland defender Dara O'Shea, who fell to the ground. Jug was called to review the penalty decision by VAR. For some reason, he was not asked to check the Ronaldo incident. It was very fortunate escape from a red card, but if Ronaldo thought his luck was in, he would have thought otherwise moments later when Ireland goalkeeper Gavin Bozzanu, a 19-year-old Manchester City player who was relegated to English football's fourth tier while on loan at Roddale last season, dived to his right to save Ronaldo's penalty. That was the seventh penalty missed from 21 taken in Ronaldo's Portugal career. Um, The United manager, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Man, these needs are hard to say in soccer. <laughs> um, might want to have a quiet word with this new signing about allowing Fernandez to continue as first choice spot kicker taker at Old Trafford. Um, from the moment, Bazanu saved his penalty. Ronaldo cut a frustrated figure. Um, this really wasn't how the script was supposed to play out. But especially at a stadium where he had yeah, more score, more goals. In this entire, anywhere else in this entire international career with 10, this wasn't one of the Saturdays of Lisbon or Porto, but a remarkable stadium with two temporary stands on Portugal's Algarve coast. Um, but yeah, man, congrats to Ronaldo on an amazing, amazing accomplishment, man. Um, as the game wore on, Ronaldo's desperation to score became obvious too. On three separate occasions, he saw long-range efforts blocked by Irish defenders and then saw Bazanu died full stretch pushed away an 89th minute free kick but with the clock taking Ireland on course for a huge win in group A Ronaldo did what Ronaldo does he made a decisive impact when all around him had virtually given up his record-breaking goal was classic Ronaldo he had a powerful leap and pinpoint header into the air and he slant in the stadium erupted in joy and relief once he hit that goal man um, but that wasn't enough for Ronaldo he may have achieved his personal target but Portugal still needed a win to maintain control of their World Cup qualification hopes, and he did it again in the 96th minute. Another cross from the right, another incredible leap, and yet again, the ball nestled in the corner of the net. The goal. That goal saw the stadium erupt once again.
1: Which was one of the things we didn't necessarily see at the Euros, where decisions. Coleman, half-heartedly seeking an explanation. Yeah. Ronaldo. It's saved by Mesut. What a. Youth wins. Magnificent. Waters trying to find a way past McLean and he has Ronaldo's. Out.
0: It was a sensational goal to the game, but you get the impression Ronaldo that it merely marked the start something else. He now has 111 goals and 180 games for Portugal, so it's now on to the next target 120 goals in 200 games. Let's see, whatever he decides, don't bet against the great Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, man, Cristiano Ronaldo. Man, I've heard about this guy, I don't watch soccer that deeply, but he is. But you know you're legendary when people just know your name synonymously in the world. That's like your GOAT level. And that's Cristiano Ronaldo, man. Ladies and gentlemen, he's one of the greatest to ever do it. Here was Ronaldo's reaction to his amazing achievement and record-breaking goal.
1: Congratulations on breaking the world record. An astonishing record to start with. And an astonishing two goals. Incredible. How does it feel? So happy. I'm very happy. Not, not only because I, I beat the record. But special for the for the special moments that we that we had, two goals in the end of the game, so tough, but I have to, to appreciate what the team did. We believe in, uh, until the end, the supporters, I'm so glad. How difficult was it for you considering that you missed that early penalty? It's part of the game, it's part of the business. We sometimes you score, sometimes you mistake. Part of the business but i still believe to the end of end of the game so i'm so glad to winning to to score and to winning the game someone said today it's your movie and we're all just a uh, supporting cast
0: <laughs> um on his amazing achievement man ronaldo's a class act he's one of the best to have ever done it and he continues to show why he has been so successful for so long in this league and he, he's an inspiration to a lot of kids um but yeah ronaldo man um, he has the career international scoring record. It's held, um, it's held by Canada's Christine Sinclair, who has 186 goals. But um, Ronaldo's 111 gold—he becomes the top men's international goal scorer of all time. Just to clarify that, he's the top men's international goal scorer of all time. I've had a Messi. I've had a Pele. I've had a of a lot of guys. Some greats. Um, he also made Euro history when he scored twice in Portugal's opening group stage game against Hungary to become the tournament's all-time leading scorer with 11 goals. He became the first man to appear at 5 Euros, second overall only to Italy's Carolina Morris, who has appeared at six tournaments, the great Carolina Morris. And Ronaldo is only meant to score in 5 Euros, extending his own record. Um, his record puts him eighth on the top scorers list behind Abby Wambach, Maya Hamm, Christine Lilly, um, Birgit Prince, um, carly lloyd julie fleeting and sinclair the 36 year old has made his international debut back in 2003 man 2003 was a good year for sports huh ronaldo came lebron came d wade mellow 2003 was just a great year for pop culture <laughs> um but anyways i digress um he made his international debut in 2003 and his tally of 180 caps brings him level with paris saint german defender sergio ramos as the european man with the most appearances for his national side ronaldo has two major honors for portugal have led his country to success in euro 2016 and the inaugural uefa nation nations league three years later so congrats Cristiano ronaldo on his amazing accomplishment i think he has another good like three to five years left the way he takes care of his body that dude is a freak of nature like he's the lebron james of that of of soccer he is a freak of nature and his accomplishments man i'm about to read some of his accomplishments right now man um yeah he won um U- U- ufa european championship in 2016 against france um 2019 U F E nations against portugal um what else does he have soccer awards kind of different it's like harder there's no like mvps or anything i think but i um, yeah like his his career is crazy man um he has a host of awards i know he has so many awards but He's the FIFA World Player of the Year in 2008, the best FIFA men's player in 2016 and 17. He won the Golden Shoe in 07-08, 2010-11, 13-14, and 14-15. It is an award that's presented to each season to the leading goal scorer in the league. Uh, matches from the top division of every European national league. And it's a sculpture of a football boot. So he has those awards. He's a P- He has been the PFA Portuguese Player of the Year four straight years from 2016 to 2019 and a host of other awards the premier league golden boot in 07 08 la liga best player in 13 14 like this dude has a host of awards that is just it's endless to count but um yeah congrats christian ronaldo on a great accomplishment he has many more coming his way and we wish him the best of luck as he continues to do great things in the game of soccer so now let's switch over gears to baseball so some news that came out last few like the last week Um, The Houston Nationals and Washington Nationals, according to Kylie McDaniel and Jeff Passant of ESPN, are the first MLB teams to mandate vaccine for non-playing employees. So the Houston Nationals and Washington Nationals have mandated that all non-playing full-time employees receive the COVID-19 vaccine. They're the first two teams of the Major League Baseball to make a vaccination a condition of employment. Um, The Nationals were the first team to require compulsory vaccination and did so with their Major League team as well as the three minor league teams they own. Um, earlier this month, the nationals told employees that they would need to show proof of vaccination or offer a medical or religious exemption from receiving the vaccine. Um, the deadline was this past Thursday, and the vetting of exemptions expected to continue into September, and employees without an exemption or proof of vaccine will be fired. So they're being very harsh with this, like these teams aren't playing. And that's I think that's kind of fair, because at this point, I mean, you can't really force people to get the vaccine, but at the same time, it's, it's protecting people's lives and people from getting sick at the end of the day. And getting the vaccine, yes, you might get sick, but at the end of the day, it will prevent you from dying. Um, And employees without exemption approved vaccine will be fired, but in the was comment through a spokesperson. In a statement by ESPN, the national said, quote, like many organizations, Washington Nationals decided to make COVID-19 vaccines mandatory for all full-time staff. Employees were notified of this policy on August 12th and had until August 26th to either provide proof of full vaccination, proof of first shot, or apply for an exemption. As a company, we have a responsibility to do everything we can to keep one another safe and felt that mandating vaccines was the absolute right thing to do for our employees and our community. Um, outside of baseball, vaccine mandates across professional sports in North America have been far more prevalent. Multiple and Hockey teams have made vaccination for all employees mandatory. The NBA on Friday, NBA, I'm going to get into that later, um, said it would require a wide range of employees, including the coaching, front office, and medical staffs, along with any other person who might interact with a player to be vaccinated. Multiple NFL teams have vaccination policies as well. NFL has proposed a vaccine mandate for players, something the NFL Players Association had pushed back against. Vaccination vaccination rates around baseball vary around three-quarters of teams have exceeded the 85% threshold of Tier 1 employees, which include players, coaches, medical personnel, you know, the usual, and others, and minimum, the minimum necessary for loosening restrictions on COVID protocols. Employees working at Major League Baseball Commissioner's Office are subject to a mandatory vaccination policy, and Commissioner Rob Manford said at the All-Star Game, quote, I'm a believer in vaccination. I understand that people have different views and I wish everybody gets vaccinated. Neither the Nationals, who have had two COVID-19 outbreaks in their clubhouse this season, nor any other team can force players to get vaccinated because of the collective bargaining agreement that governs the player-team relationship. So you can't force a player to go get vaccinated. And I I think everybody should have a free right to decide if they want to get vaccinated. We're all grown men. We live in the United States. We have freedoms. We have rights. But, um, yeah, but if you don't get vaccinated, there's going to be consequences for that. And that's what the Nationals and Astros have sternly have advised their team and personnel to get vaccinated or at least show proof of the first shot so you don't get fired so manfred when asked about a vaccine mandate for players said quote i think it would be a good thing for us to generally but you know we work through with the people that represent the union so at the end of the day you can't force people to do what they don't want to do ladies and gentlemen you just gotta see what happens and wish the best of luck that they actually do get vaccinated so they protect themselves but not just themselves but also others so baseball definitely, definitely is going in the right direction with these teams, forcing um, people to get vaccinated, show proof. Let's um, get past this pandemic because we want to all eventually get back to normal. It might not happen anytime soon, but that's the goal. Now, team in baseball. I want to talk about Sho- Sho- Shohei man. This guy's a mythical creature. I- I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, I haven't talked about him sooner. I know I've been keeping track of all the great things he's been doing, but this guy's just different. So he was playing Baltimore on Wednesday and initially got into trouble allowing two home runs in his first inning of work and he allowed two more runs but he also struck out four and when his day on the mound was done the Angels were running 6-4. Unfortunately the Angels pen would then serve up six runs to the Orioles and route to a 10-6 defeat. That was the first blemish in a string of what has been light up performances by the great Shohei Otani. It's hard to say his first name. Then Thursday he hit his 41st home run in the first half-bat of the game one day after a less than ideal start on the mound, he took his usual leadoff spot against the Orioles on Thursday. And his very first at bat, he erased the pitch for his forty-first the season. That event now ultimately the only run the Angels would put on the board. Um they would have lost 13 0 without that. But this was the kind of stuff that makes you wonder why they don't just call the MVP race in his favor. He is the by far lead favorite to win the AL MVP this season. By far. Like he might win it. Their record though is not that good. I looked it up yesterday they're dead under 500 when i was looking at it yesterday there it were 66 and 67 they're they're like not, not even 500 so i'm like why is he in an mvp race but in baseball it's different um a little bit different they don't look at winning they kind of look at your statistics more in baseball they emphasize statistics way more in baseball than they do in hockey football or basketball statistics are very important when it comes to baseball and then on saturday he became the first japanese born player with a 40 20 season and what i mean by this he became the first born hit his hitter born in Japan to hit 40 plus home runs and steal 20 plus bases in MLB history. He's just the fifth four and more player to achieve the feat. And this like this guy, he's something special, ladies and gentlemen. He is something to behold.
1: Up and in and running and stealing second base. Liz Otani showing off the speed. At- Great throw from. I think that's 20 bags, right? Is that that's 40, 40, 20? It is indeed. Nola and the stolen base for Otani into scoring position with one down here in the fifth. Oh, Otani Uh-oh. got it! He got it! Number 40, a franchise record for left-handed hitters. Three to one halos. She's a baseball a mile. <laughs> hey is there ever a drop the mic moment in baseball that might be it right there with that swing yeah. for show
0: like what this guy Otani is doing is otherworldly and there's an article on Wall Street Journal p- p- published um, by Jared Diamond a month ago his, his title ladies and gentlemen word for word Angel star Shohei Otani isn't the best two way player since Babe Ruth he's better like he has been heralded Heralded did as the Japanese Babe Ruth because of his abilities. This guy literally can do everything. Like, he can hit at an elite level. He can pitch at an elite level. He can play out in the field at an elite level. He steals bases. He can do everything. He's a versatile machine. He's, what has been, he's having one of the best single season, um, baseball seasons of all time, probably in sports history. After 347 career games also, of hitting and pitching he has a higher slugging percentage than ruth did at the same point 0.552 to 0.541 that is extraordinary that ladies and gentlemen i i need to look up because baseball baseball has the most statistics of any sport it's so hard to like remember everything i know like the basics the home runs rbis um outs stuff like that but slugging percentage man that is crazy what he's doing is not normal and if he was like five years younger, because he's twenty seven, so he's kind of old. Like I thought, I thought he was younger when I was first hearing for him. But I still think if he stays healthy for like the next ten years or so, even eight years, he can go down as one of the greatest to ever do it. He, he has a he's earned run average he has two point five two. He has six hundred twenty four strikeouts, and has a batting average of point two eighty six, which is considered really good in baseball. That's like extraordinary. Um Yeah man, um this guy is something special and something oh, he's six four, two hundred ten pounds. Freak of nature. That is unicornish in baseball. Um and he played in the Jap. I'm surprised he wasn't in like the MLB like for a longer, like he started his career in twenty thirteen. Um he didn't get much opportunity. He played for the Hakado Nippin Ham Fighters of Nippin professional baseballs um, Pacific League. Um, he's the designated hitter, outfitter for Los Angeles Angels of the MLB. But yeah, he has a 42-15 loss record, a 12-4 win-loss record through August 30th of MLB Statistics. He has a 90, 193 strikeouts through August 30th of 2021 so far. He's a Japanese series champion, a five-time MPB All-Star, Pacific League MVP in 2016, two-time Pacific League pitcher, best nine, two-time professional sports, Japan japan Freshman sports grand prize winner 2016 and 2018 he was an all-star this year al rookie of the year in 2018 definitely probably will win mvp this year like he is my for sure mvp yes his team's record might be the best but like i said earlier baseball they kind of cater toward statistics more and his team's around the 500 mark so it's not like they're at the bottom bottom of the al or an mlb so he most likely will win M- mvp of the al of the american league in baseball because in baseball, they have two separate conferences and leagues where they give out the MVP. Um, unlike the NFL, there's one NFL MVP, an NBA, one NBA MVP. But in baseball, they have two separate leagues where they give the MVP to the best player in that specific league. And in AL, in the American League, Otani, I think, is my winner. Um, but you also got other guys in the NL, like Fernando Titus Jr. and Vladimir Guerrero. Like, you got, you got some hitters, man. Like... And you got some real hitters in baseball you got some young talent right now like there's a lot of great young talent in baseball but yeah Otani is doing his thing man continue changing the game continue killing in baseball continue bringing young new generation of fans to the game and just keep killing man stay healthy and hopefully they end up being a winning fran- more of a winning franchise one day where he actually get more accolades and continue to do the main things that he's doing but on a bigger stage We talked a lot about baseball and soccer. I think that's the longest everyone in my episode, especially an episode of any of my podcasts, talking about either one of those without mentioning any football or basketball to start. But coming up next, after we take the break, we're going to talk about Cam Newton getting released from the New England Patriots. Definitely controversy right there. Um, was it because he got was well, didn't get the vaccination? or was because of his poor play. We'll talk about that next. We're also going to into Rachel Nichols getting released by ESPN, which was a really big deal because she was part of that um that corporation for a very long time especially for nba content like she's not doing nba content for espn at all either like she just got released by espn because her controversial comments from maria taylor from last year at the bubble um got released she was recorded without knowing any knowledge of it um but so that definitely unfortunately got her released by espn We're also talking about imani bates committing to memphis Joining that dynamic duo, him and Jalen Duran, man. They're going to form a dynamic duo. Penny Hardaway, the head coach there, former NBA stud, who played with Shaquille O'Neal. And you also got Rashid Wallace, former NBA champion and all-star, um, who's going to be their assistant coach as well. So those two young cats who have to be NBA stars one day are going to learn really well about what it takes to be a great player from those two guys who did it at the highest level. So we're going to get into that as well. And we're getting the round over signing with the Lakers. NBA renovating Rucker Park and Ben Simmons, his unhappiness with Philly. So don't go anywhere. We got a lot to get into still. But before that, we're going to take a quick break.
1: If you don't drive a lot, you save 50% when you pay per mile with Allstate. So you pay less when you drive less. You've
0: never been in better hands. Allstate, click or call for a
1: quote today. Hey, Ratchets! look! I'm you! (laughs) Jake from State Farm. You couldn't find a stand-in that looked anything like me? Have you seen mine? It's like looking in a mirror, right? Now that one makes sense. Look, guys, I don't even have a
0: stand-in. Of course you do. Hold on. Is that Drake? That's right. Drake from State Farm. Like Like a a good good neighbor. neighbor. Like Like a a good neighbor. neighbor. Stand-ins don't have lines. Oh, okay. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. now again let's talk about the nfl real quick um Wing's patriots former quarterback now cam newton was released by the team just two days ago and mac jones will be starting at quarterback the rookie quarterback who was drafted this year 15th overall by the patriots out of alabama who's been compared to maybe a young tom brady and he's been compared also to um who's that quarterback for the giants back in the day phil sims and a stunning move by the Patriots—they released Cam Newton this past Tuesday, turning things over to Mac Jones. Coach Bill Belichick has said repeatedly that Newton was the team's starting quarterback over and over, but that he had to re-establish that position. Because remember, New England Patriots—they have a different way of doing things. Their culture. Just because you were great last year doesn't mean you're guaranteed a spot next year. They don't care who you are. Bill Belichick doesn't give a f who you are. Tom Brady. He didn't even give a F. Tom Brady left the team. They didn't even care that much that he left. If they don't care about Tom Brady, they don't give a damn about anybody else. Tom Brady's the GOAT of football, especially of quarterbacks. It's debatable if he's the GOAT player, but quarterbacks, no debate. They could let Tom Brady go, and he wasn't even guaranteed-ish. Cam Newton has no shot at having a guaranteed position. And that's what Bill Belichick was saying, that he had to reestablish his own position. Otherwise, someone would have to play better than him. Jones has done that in Belichick's perspective and view. Jones finished preseason 36 of 52 completions for 389 yards with one touchdown, no interceptions, playing 107 snaps, the highest total among Patriots quarterbacks. Newton has started every preseason game but didn't play, play as much overall. He only played 39 snaps and he finished the preseason 14 of 21 completions for 162 yards with one touchdown, one interception. In releasing Newton, who was a team captain, it cleared the path for Jones to grow into more of a leadership role without having the presence of a former NFL MVP behind him. Um, Veteran Brian Hoyer, who was released Tuesday in a procedural move but was expected to resign in the coming days, is projected to serve as Jones' primary backup, and the team has 2019 fourth-round pick Jared Stidham also on the roster on the physically unable-to-perform list as a possible option later in the season. Um... Bill Belichick, man, <laughs> yo, he sure has, has a way of doing things, man. Um, but so I just want to get into like the ages of the AFC East starting QBs. So, like the AFC East now, it's a new era, man. You got Josh Allen's 25 years old, terrific, um, exciting, exhilarating young talent. He's mobile. He could run the football. He has a rocket arm, and he's winning now. The Bills are winning. they in prime position to be Super Bowl contenders in the AFC. Tua we'll see what he does this season he's a, he's a really great talent but he's had a lot of injury history we'll see what he does with the miami dolphins this year as he's healthy he, he's going to be starting and he'll get more of an opportunity last year he missed like a lot of the season and he didn't really get much playing time um so we'll see what happens with him he's only 23 years old zach wilson the new quarterback the highly hyped quarterback who's been compared to patrick mahomes like arm talent wise his mobility And compared to Aaron Rodgers, he's compared to to some great quarterbacks, man. He's exciting arm talent, but he hasn't played with the best talent, like against the best talent in college. He played at BYU. They don't play against the biggest programs with elite NFL talent. They don't play against the LSUs, the Alabamas, the Ohio States, the Clemsons. You know what I mean? Florida, like they don't play against that competition. So I'm interested to see what he does this season. I'm excited to see that. Like, I think he's a terrific young talent, and he has a lot to learn, but he has the flair. He do, He has some great preseason moments. He has that zip on the ball, that flamethrower of an arm, like I like to say, but guys who have a rocket of an arm, like Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Aaron Rodgers, Mac Jones, he doesn't have the rocket arm, but he has that pocket presence. He knows how to make the right plays, the right reads. He's not going to value his athleticism, speed, agility. With his arm or anything like that but he's just smart he knows the game and he knows how to play and that's what Bill Palachuk is trying to give him the opportunity to grow at a rapid rate so because he's their quarterback of the future that's what the Patriots believe at this point in time and that's why they moved on from Ken Newton because they believe Mac Jones is the answer he showed a showed a high level of IQ and understanding of the game in the preseason and they believe he could translate that to the regular season against when the games really matter and really count but Cam Newton, man, I feel bad for him, man. This guy went from—he was the the ish, man. Like he was, he was really all the talk of the NFL around 2015 to 2017. He was it. When I was in freshman year in high school, sophomore year, everybody wanted Cam Newton on their fantasy team. He was Lamar Jackson before Lamar Jackson. He was even bigger and stronger than Lamar Jackson. He was—I think Lamar Jackson's probably quicker than him because he's lighter, like 20 pounds lighter than Cam Newton, 20 25 pounds lighter, and more elusive. But Cam Newton was big, 6'5", like 235, 240, built like a freaking linebacker who could run the football, but he doesn't have the greatest throwing mechanics with the ball. That's what's kind of held him back in his career and why he's not like the in the NFL, like a starting quarterback over the last few years, because injuries derailed his speed and his gifts, but he never really had the IQ. Well, he has the IQ in my opinion, but he doesn't, well, kind of, he doesn't really make the smartest reads all the time, and his arm mechanics... And accuracy isn't the best among top-tier quarterbacks. And that's why Kent Newton has been struggling to um, have a sticking starting quarterback job in the National Football League because of injuries and his lack of ability of an accuracy, accurate arm and ability to make plays and throw in the football. And he doesn't have that same speed anymore that uh, he used to have five, seven years ago. So it's kind of hurting his chances. And I'm interested to see whether he does get another starting quarterback job in the nfl i hope he does because i'm rooting for him i really am i don't think he's done yet he's only what 32 he can still he can still have, i think he could still have a solid position maybe as a backup in the nfl he's definitely talented enough to be a backup quarterback in, the, in this league no doubt but as a starting quarterback in this league i don't know man there's a there's a every team pretty much has a starting quarterback in this league um unless the, the i was listening to shannon sharp the other day um, talking about the Steelers could use him, because Ben Roethlisberger is getting older. He's 38 years old. Maybe they can move him to a backup position and put Cam Newton as a starting quarterback. But I don't know if Mike Tomlin would want to do that. That's something I thought was very intriguing. But um, yeah, man, Cam Newton. Man, I feel I feel bad for the brother, man. This guy had COVID last year. He didn't want to get vaccinated. Ended up with COVID again earlier this year. During O um, think OTAs or something, they said. And I don't know. I don't know. You can't tell him to get vaccinated because he's a grown man. He makes his own decisions. But I think, I feel like Bill Childcheck states it didn't affect his, the bill, um, why they released him. But I kind of feel like it, it, it's, it's one small factor of why they ended up releasing him. This is what NFL insider um of ESPN, um, Adam Schefter, had to say on first take about Cam Newton being released and Mac Jones being the starter of the New England Patriots.
1: Adam Schefter. Adam, give us the latest on this decision by the Patriots to cut Cameron Newton and make Mac Jones the starter. Well, first of all, you heard Mac say the Patriots using a first-round pick on Mac Jones, and I would say that the 49ers, when they traded away three first-round draft picks, moved up with the idea that they were comfortable taking Mac Jones, Mm. but that they would do their due diligence into Trey Lance and Justin Fields And wound up falling further in love with Trey Lance before they took him, leaving Mac Jones to slide all the way to New England at 15 without the Patriots having to give up any additional first-round picks. And from the moment Mac Jones stepped in there this summer, he looked like he was a guy ready to take over. He led eight preseason drives this summer. Eight. Every one resulted in either a field goal or a touchdown. There was not a single drive this preseason that he initiated that they didn't score on. He impressed coaches with their accuracy, spoke to one head coach last week who told me that he thought that Mac Jones could be and would be a Pro Bowl quarterback in this league for 10 years, and I'll be honest, I fully thought that he was gonna wind up as the starting quarterback on opening day. What I didn't expect was that the Patriots today would release Cam Newton. But what that tells you is they are so sure of Mac Jones that they felt like it would be unfair To have cam on the roster they've got brian hoyer a capable backup there in reserve and so rather than put cam in a position that might be a little bit awkward they thanked him and said we are ready to go with the youngster the new patriot era begins now we're not wasting another second and so they turn over everything to mac jones which was coming which was coming and everybody could see it was coming The only question was, was it gonna be week one or two? But they decided obviously, Bill Belichick did, that this was the time. And so Cam Newton is now going to be a free agent. Mac Jones is gonna take over as the starting quarterback in New England. And obviously it's a significant day in Patriot football history.
0: But um, Belichick said early Tuesday morning Newman had been heading the right direction when asked about his preseason and training camp, and, and that added to the surprise of his release. After news of his release came out, Newman posted on his Instagram ca- account, I really appreciate all the love and support during this time, but I must say, dot dot dot, please don't feel sorry for me. I'm good. Belichick had said that he was looking for his consistency in production over a period of time when evaluating quarterbacks, which naturally included practice and games. On breakthrough for Jones came when Newton missed three practices, because of COVID 19, because he didn't want to get vaccinated. Um, COVID 19 protocol misunderstanding last week, and Jones took over the team. Jones was impressive in one joint session with, uh, with the New York Giants, continuing a the theme of him running the traditional Patriots offense that includes empty formations, setting offensive line protection at the line of scrimmage, and checking out plays when the situation called for it. Jones had said he felt like he was in a game flow that day. And on Sunday night at the preseason finale, Jones said he was preparing as a starter, but was ready for all possibilities, whether he was coming off the bench, being the third-string quarterback, being the starter, whatever. He quote, I'm here to play any role I can play, helping any way I can. I'm going to be ready whenever my time comes. Jones has quickly earned respect from teammates with veteran offensive tackle Trent Brown, previously saying, I think he could be special to be so young. I think he can make some throws that not a lot of young guys can make. And the longtime captain Matthew Slayer, the longest tenured Patriot, previously said, i think he's a great young man character really counts when you talk about what we do off the football field the way we carry ourselves the way that he commands perspective even guys like myself all the guys that have been here for a while he's earned that respect by the way that he's gone about his craft but um getting back to cam newton um the patriots have resigned newton to be to a modest one-year deal back in march that included three and a half million dollars in guaranteed money he would have earned five and a half million if he was healthy and on the roster as a backup with incentives that upped their potential package to as much as 13.6 million if he was the starter and the team advanced into the playoffs so he lost out on some incentives and money there but end all be all man cam newton man this is like a second time now that nobody really wants him and he's been doubted well is his career over i don't know i don't think so i think he'll get another shot somewhere definitely as a backup quarterback if not a starter but man his career is really starting to come into question now that he's been released um by new england patriots so we'll see what happens with cam newton over the next coming months or weeks will he get picked up by a team during the season or even before the season starts or is this the end of his career man or will it be next year that he gets picked up who knows but it's really sad like i think of this like he reminds me of the derrick rose to the nfl he had like a magical season MVP run historical one of the greatest seasons of all time and after that just injuries man piled up beat up his body his body wasn't the same took a toll on his body and he just wasn't lucky he wasn't blessed by the hand of God to have a healthy body and it just, it just hindered his career and kind of played his career um, ever since then but um, yeah I hope Cam Newton finds another NFL job and prove the that, that was wrong man do what you gotta do, Cam. I believe in you. Now let's switch gears to basketball. We're gonna talk about basketball throughout the rest of the show. Um, Marnie Bates, ladies and gentlemen, i talked about him on this show quite a few times in the past. I've mentioned his name, how elite he is. One of the best prospects in the country. Um, he was the number one recruit in 2022. He was classified in 2021 to speed up the process again to the NBA. And he wants to play more elite competition. He ended up being number three recruit in the HP 100 for 2021. He has finally committed to play his college basketball at the University of Memphis, while he'll be playing with another top recruit in Jalen Durren. Um Monty Bates, one of the top basketball recruits in all high school basketball, who announced his commitment last Wednesday. Friendly positioning the Tigers as a potential Final Four team. He will suit up for Penny Hardaway, like I mentioned early, Mentioned before. Um, Bates appeared in the Memphis student directory early Wednesday afternoon, the last day into a role for the fall semester. Um, he's a 6'9 forward from Yabba Salenti. Michigan um he originally committed to Michigan State last summer before reopening his recruitment in April long expected to skip college and have to play professionally Bates didn't have a busy recruitment until well into the spring and early this month he announced his decision to reclassify the class of 2021 and his last four school last four options we had were Michigan State which I knew he wasn't going to because why would you decommit to school just to go back to it (laughs) so I knew they were off the board so I knew he was either going to Memphis the G League I thought were the top two once Dalen Duren went to Memphis and they got Rashi Waz, I said, "Oh, he's going there." I said it way before I said it the week before he's going there." like I, I just knew, I read his mind like I knew he was going there. It was a no-brainer. Penny Hardaway's head coach Rashi Wallace's assistant coach, two former NBA stars, and you have Jalen Duren, who's his buddy who played he played with on the AU circuit team final, so I knew that was going to happen, and then you had Oregon as well. He was number one ranked recruit in 2022. He was highly hyped on Sports Illustrated magazines at the age of 15. lauded as the next NBA superstar. But he had an inconsistent junior season. And there was a lot of people wondering whether he was worthy of all that hype. He has a skinny frame that he needs to get stronger. He needs to show that he's more than just a scorer. He could play and make, make others better. That's what I want to see from him. If can he defend at a high level too? I know he can get buckets, but can he do other things when his shot's not falling? He's been really inefficient this past like year or so. That's why there's been a lot of skeptics wondering was he worthy of all that hype being compared to Le- best prospect since LeBron James. There's a YouTube video out of that his sophomore season after he's be- best prospect since LeBron James being compared to Kevin Durant. Uh it's being called a 6'9 Steph Curry. Like he's been called all these things to NBA legends at such a young age he's even uh, mentioned in the past that at one point he enjoyed being on the cover of Sports Illustrated like he loved it at first but then after a while he started hating it all the attention he was getting and all the negative like stuff he used to see on social media how it made him not love the game like he lost himself for a bit but he has regained his love for the game and is now going to Memphis where I think he's going to grow his game they might play him at the point guard position Penny Hardaway has stated that so to expand his horizons, expand his game, and if they could get him to play point guard and really learn that and really make his playmaking abilities better at a higher level and get him more efficient, taking smarter shots, and get him stronger, because remember, he's born in 2004, so even though he'll be a freshman in college, he will not be eligible for the 2022 NBA draft next year. He has to stay in college or go wherever he's going to go after this year for at least two years. So Whether he stays in Memphis for two years or stays there one year and then goes somewhere else, like the G League route or something, he won't be eligible until the 2023 NBA draft, where I expect him to be a top three pick, bearing any unforeseen injury or drop in play. Um, He has gained a lot of momentum, like I said, with the team final grassroots program on the EYBL circuit. He averaged 20 points in nine games, including a 33-point performance. He also had a 35-point game in late July at the Nike Peach Jam on 13-24 shooting with six rebounds and three assists. Um, um, Duran said, um, well, Paul Cardi, the ESPN National Recruiting Director, said Bates is considered one of the most gifted offensive players in the game. Agile, explosive with positional size and high-level shot-making talent from anywhere. He has an elusive dribble and will be great in transition, isolations, pull-up jumpers, and spot-up threes, as well as playing out of second-side ball screen actions. He brings up competitiveness, but must continue to mature. As most college freshmen experience, there's much to learn on the defensive side of the court. He had demonstrated the ability to function well with Jalen Duran on the weekend together on the circuit with team final. Duran and Bates could be one of the most lethal combinations in college basketball this season. They are two of the top of the four ESPN 100 recruits to commit to Memphis in the 2021 class with Jonathan Lawson and Josh Monote. Um, also heading to the Tigers, four-star center Sam Onu, as well as another freshman to watch next season. So they got some talent up there in Memphis. I think they're, I think they're, they've been updated. They're top-ranking incoming class coming into college basketball next season, and they're going to get a lot of national exposure on ESPN, CBS, because these two top of two recruits are highly lauded by NBA exec, front offices and executives. They have potential to be NBA All-Stars one day down the line if they continue to improve their weaknesses. So that's some Cam Newton news for y'all um, from football. But coming up next, we're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna get right into basketball. We're gonna get into Marnie Baseman to Memphis. Rachel Negro's getting fired from them from the ESPN and her show the jump being canceled. I don't know really what's next for her. And we're also gonna talk about NBA's vaccination policy and Ben Simmons being unhappy in Philadelphia. But for that, we'll take a very quick break. So don't go anywhere.
1: Hey man, I really appreciate that Patrick Price on my insurance, Jake, from State Farm. Being a champ has its perks.
0: Here's the deal Patrick, State Farm offers everyone surprisingly great rates. Let me repay the favor
1: with some field passes, come on. No favors, just great rates. Okay fine. I'll let you wear the ring, but only for a day.
0: When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Oh, in an unforeseen turn of events, that well, probably did see coming, but I didn't think it would actually happen. Rachel ESPN has removed Rachel Nichols from NBA programming and they canceled the jump. Her time at ESPN Airways appears to be over. The networks were removing the longtime report of the NBA and canceling her weekday show. The jump, ESPN senior vice president of production, David Roberts, confirmed the decision to sports business journal's John Aran on Wednesday. Quote, We mutually agree that this approach regarding our nba coverage was best for all concerned um rachel is an excellent reporter host and journalist and we thank her for her many contributions to our nba content um she confirmed the news on twitter while thanking her production crew from the jump with a promise of more to come on twitter um she still has more than a year left on the contract but she's likely not likely to appear on network during that time according to the report the news of nicole's exit arrives less than two months after a new york times report exposed their internal strife at espn over her comments Um, about colleague maria taylor during the 2020 nba bubble suggesting that she rose to her position on espn airways because of a diversity effort rather than her merits meaning that they gave her the promotion to promote the finals because of her skin of her color to promote diversity and that they're not a racist company but that she got it because her color not because she was meant for the job and that she was good enough to do it and nichols who has been there for a long time has proven that she can do it at a high level Covered NBA for a long time. Had a lot of interviews with some of the top guys in the game. Well respected by all the top stars in the industry for years now. And she was stating that she deserved that job. That's what she meant by that. Um, Since that report, ESPN removed Nichols from his NBA Finals coverage. And Taylor left the network, ESPN, because they didn't renew her contract. They're trying to state that she left the network because um Nichols, but i think it's because i think probably because of Nichols, but also because she wanted more money and espn wasn't willing to give her more money what she was asking for her um for her contracts i think she was asking for like three and a half to five million i think like five million or something like that maria tell was asking for because she's really good maria tell is an excellent reporter um she left for mpc sports at a conclusion of her contract after the finals in july and she covered the olympics like right after Um, According to SBJ, the jump will continue to air for the next couple of weeks without Nichols and ESPN will produce a new afternoon NBA show prior to the start of next season to replace it. Roberts spearheaded the Nichols decision after taking over his role overseeing the network's NBA coverage two two weeks ago and has more changes in store for his studio coverage of the league. Me personally, I'm not interested in ESPN like that anymore, man. They've just gotten worse and worse over the years. Max Kellerman's gone from the first take. Um, He just had his last episode, I think, yesterday. I was watching it. I watched a video clip of it on my laptop on YouTube. I'm like, bro, the ESPN, the content is just getting worse. The personalities, I, like, come on, man. Max Kelman was a great personality for his take. I know he wants to do other stuff. Like, he has other stuff, radio shows he's going to be producing and making. He's going to have his own show. He has his own show that's getting bigger and better. And he's and he's going to be on KJZ with uh, Keyshawn and Alan Han, I think. Yeah yeah so i'm just like because jay williams hasn't been on kjz in a minute and zubin williams zubin hasn't been on because he has dealing with diabetes problems but those two have been out for a minute like a while now and i think they have max kellerman come to take over they shouldn't even call kjz anymore at this point those two have been out, out for a long period of time like it's time to change that show name <laughs> honestly alan high has been filling in for for like half a year it's been, ridic- like, it's been ridiculous. Um, while news broke of Nichols um, broke in July, they had festered internally at ESPN for over a year. She made the comments on the call with longtime LeBron James advisor, Adam Meadowson, and she reportedly did so unaware that a camera nearby was still rolling and recording the conversation on ESPN servers, and that's how it got leaked. Um, the staffer saw the video, recorded it on their cell phone, and shared it internally before it was leaked to media, according to The Times. And this is what Rachel Nichols had to say in the lead audio, quote, I wish Maria Tell all the success in the world. She covers baseball. She covers football. I mean, excuse me. She covers basketball. If you need to give her more things to do because you are feeling pressure about your crappy time record on diversity, which, by the way, I know personally from the female side of it, like, go for it. Just find it somewhere else. You're not going to find it for me or taking my thing away. She was really, like, upset that Maria Taylor was getting this NBA Finals gig when she has worked so hard over the years to really have the rightful um, position to take it. Um, According to the Times, Taylor refused to work on air with Nichols after seeing video of her comments. Um, Taylor continued in her role as NBA countdown host throughout the 2021 finals prior to her departure for NBC Sports. Um, Nichols was a reporter for ESPN in 2004, primarily covering the NFL and NBA. She left the network for CNN and Turner Sports in 2013 before returning to espn back in 2016 when she started hosting the jump so this is a very controversial turn of events um rachel nichols i've been i've known like my whole entire time i've known the nba and it's just very very unfortunate man very very unfortunate um yeah but i don't know um we'll see what happens with nature nichols in the future um I hope she finds a job. She's very talented. She knows what she's doing. She's done it at a high level for many years, covering the NFL and NBA, two of the most prominent sports leagues in America. And I think she should find a job somewhere. I don't know if it'll be Fox, because Fox has really done a great job of taking former ESPN talent. And they've done big things. Chris Broussard, great sports reporter from a former ESPN colleague, he's done great things on Fox. He has his own show called The Odd Couple. I listen to it here and there with Rod Parker, because um, I try to learn from these guys. Um, you also have um, Skip Bayless, former first take, co host with Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith, he got brought on to that show by Skip Bayless. Mm-hmm. Skip first take did astronomical numbers. Um, he was the co host before Max Kellerman came. You also have Colin Coward, who is a big time, big time media personality, the herd I listen to sometimes. He he He's a former ESPN colleague. Like you have some talent. Like they used to be ESPN, Marcellus Wiley he used to be Sports Nation with Max Kellerman. They were boys back in Los Angeles. They talked on a probably on a week to week basis. They he used to be on ESPN. Now look at him. He's on Fox for Speak for Yourself with um, the Emmanuel Acho, the great Emmanuel Acho. This one he's been he's been doing his thing in the media, man. But yeah, man, ESPN they dropping the ball, man. Seem like Fox is getting all this talent. Will Rachel Nichols go to Fox? I'm not sure. I'm sure CBS probably will hopefully do something for her. Um, we'll see, man. TNT, maybe get another gig in TNT. But, yeah, I hope Rachel Nichols get another job somewhere. Because this shouldn't be her defining moment. Like, end all, be all. Like, this is her. This is who she is. Like, yeah, she was frustrated. Maybe what she said wasn't right. But I didn't think there was anything there that was that racist for her to get fired. And for her show to be canceled by ESPN. So, we'll see what happens to Rachel Nichols And I hope she gets a job for the NBA again. So the NBA, according to Sam Serena, the big-time NBA insider on all NBA news on Twitter, um, he stated recently that all players on the team are fully vaccinated, like I mentioned earlier with the MLB. Players need to be vaccinated. Teams are enforcing that. NBA and NBPA anticipate that there will be no restriction on those players away from work activities, such as, such as ex- assessing indoor bars, clubs, and lounges as long as they're vaccinated. That's the key. Um, Non-fully vaccinated players and personnel will undergo regular testing on a day-to-day basis. People who are fully vaccinated players and team personnel will not be required to undergo regular coronavirus testing during the upcoming 2021-2022 NBA season. So, like I said earlier with MLB, those NBA, those people who are not getting vaccinated are costing themselves the... You better deal, be happy with getting tested every day. Cause that's what you're gonna have to do. That thing, that whatever cube t- they put, shove it up your nose. See if you have the COVID nineteen. That's what you have to deal with if you d- do not, if you refuse to get vaccinated. So the NBA in that regard is doing the. I feel like they're doing the right thing. I, th- I don't think there will be any problems. Um, we have vaccines now. I think we're. I think people are more like at ease. Well, most people, not everybody, but at ease with going out and being in public places because there's a vaccine. But you never know. So. Yeah, the NBA, I think, is doing the right thing. And honestly, I'm, I'm ready for the damn season to start. <laughs> um, it's like a dead period. I'm ready for the NFL to start. NFL starts soon, right around the corner. NBA is, about to, uh, NBA is like another month and a half away. But um, the Hall of Fame class is coming up soon, so I might do an episode on that. Stay tuned for that. Might just do a short episode on the 2021 Hall of Fame class with Paul Pierce, Chris Weber, um, Chris Bosh, three all-time greats, in my opinion. Well, yeah, they are. But, um, yeah, so NBA is doing a great job for vaccinations and keeping track and control of everything and we'll see how the season goes in terms of the COVID-19 protocols. So now let's get into Ben Simmons. <clears throat> There's been a lot of controversy with Ben Simmons, him on the trading block ever since his atrocious abysmal performance in the this last postseason when he was struggling with his confidence from the free throw line and his inability to score one-on-one kind of hindered his team's chances of winning the championship. And then the backlash he received after they were bounced out by the Hawks in the semifinal round in the Eastern Conference by Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid um, drew some shade his way, and then Doc Rivers do some shade his way as well. And then he kind of recently, the Philadelphia Inquiry, stated that he wants a trade. Uh, so, Ren Simmons went out of Philadelphia, according to the Philadelphia Inquirer's Keith Pompey. Pompey, or whatever his name is. Um, the sixth point guard who was widely criticized for his performance like I said, during the second round, the loss to the uh, Hawks' told team, Brass, including head coach Doc Graverson, and president of basketball operations Daryl Morey, last week that he does not want to play for the team anymore. He does not also intend to report the training camp. So this is a guy on all cylinders wants out. Like he, there's no, there's no um healing this relationship. Ir- irreconcilable def- differences. <laughs> like. Ben Simmons has felt he's felt disrespected. He feels unwanted. And he feels like he he just wants out and he wants to go to a different team, get a fresh start. Um Sixers have actively sought to trade Simmons offseason, but haven't found the team willing to part um for the high price that they're asking for for Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is a really good he's a star player in this league. He's not a superstar because he has doesn't have that jumper to, to like really um take his offense game to the next level. But he is a star in this league. It's not getting it twisted. He's been an all-star three years in a row now. He's been an All-NBA member last year. Made the third team last year. And he's a great defender. One of the best all-around defenders in this league. He can guard literally every position, basically. Um, Pompey. A source told Pompey that there's so much bad blood between Simmons and the Sixers. Um, It's no secret that the Sixers have been shopping Simmons now. Um, simmons and knowledge has been diminished his trade value teams don't want to overpay for a player the Sixers are actively seeking a deal he's approaching the second season of his five year 177 million dollar deal he's 25 coming off his third all-star appearance it's in his second all defensive team selection in four nba seasons the shooting woes have played his game since joining the nba were magnified as they failed to reach the conference finals this past season and they were really heavily heavily favored to at least make the conference finals this year. Like people had the Sixers and Nets meeting in the conference finals because the Bucks early in the season weren't looking too hot. Um, he failed to score in double digits in four of the seven games, and was, and was repeatedly benched in late game situations. And I was watching the games, man. They couldn't play the guy in late game situations. Your, your second best player on the team, one of the be- your star players in the league you you gotta be able to play in the in the late game situations when your team needs you down the stretch needed to make plays, whether it's a defensive play, get the go-ahead go, go ahead bucket, or whatever, a big rebound, like anything. And when you have a guy who can't make free throws and is scared to score the rock, it's going to hurt your team's chances, man. During the Hawks series, Sims not only struggled to make shots but became increasingly unwilling to take them. Um, so he attempted just four field goals in their Game 7 loss, and he passed up a late open layup. A decision fellow All-Star Joel B described as a turning point <coughs> Excuse me, in the game. That was the shade I was talking about. In the same post-game media session, Doc Rivers, the coach, was asked if he believed Simmons could be a point guard on a championship team. And Rivers responded, I don't know the answer to that right now. Um, Rivers also told reporters the next day he was very bullish on Simmons while teasing the plan to fix his shooting woes. But that bad blood between Simmons and the Sixers was apparently already established. He was the number one pick back in 2016. Or he was highly hyped and called the next LeBron James. Like he has every, he's not the score LeBron James is, and I wouldn't say he is LeBron James. Like he doesn't have. Don't don't do that anymore, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, but he the, he was part of that integral part of the process. We're building playing alongside Embiid, and he has averaged like 16 points, eight rebounds, 7.7 assists, 1.7 steals, and 0.7 blocks per game in his four NBA seasons thus far. His diverse skill set at 6'11 makes him a a one-of-a-kind talent as a point guard. He is a career 5 of 34 um, from three-point distance, good for 14.7%, which is terrible. And a 59.7% free-throw shooter, which is also god-awful. And it would also make him a unique liability as a perimeter player who needs the ball in his hands to be successful. This guy doesn't even attempt shots. Like, when I see clips of him in the summer, he's making shots. But when I see him in games, totally different player. I think it's it's definitely mentally. But he will definitely have his suitors for him as the season approaches. So we'll see what the Sixers do. Will they ultimately trade him? I would love to see what team he goes to. Maybe the Kings. Maybe the um, Nets. We'll see. But be, be on the lookout for Ben Simmons as he wants out Philadelphia. Well, that's going to do it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we talked about Ben Simmons getting out of Philly. Imani uh, Bates going to Memphis. And a whole bunch of other stuff. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Stay tuned for more. I'm currently creating a website for my podcast. where I'm going to have my podcast on there. And also sports blogs from various different sports. So I want to continue to grow and get bigger. So I hope, I'm hope i very excited about it. And I hope you guys are all too. But yeah, you can catch me on Spotify, Anchor, Google Pod, Apple Pod, CastBox. You name it. But yeah, it's been your host, DJ Hamilton. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I'll see y'all next time.